0: It's water with lemon me it happens what's the point get lemonade <laughs> like what is this little <laughs> bull you <crappy> deal <laughs> like what is that lemon doing for you <laughs> anyways <laughs> no this is this is this is serious business why do you get lemon with your water
1: so welcome to Cross Training, everybody. We're back. we're back. Season two. Season two. Welcome, Mason. Purple shirt. Hello. Hello, buddy. Matthew. Matthew. They, they said we couldn't do it. They said they said it couldn't be done.
0: I heard. I heard the haters. They they were saying, listen. I didn't get any emails, though. Y'all will make. Y'all, y'all can do 20 episodes. Best, y'all, y'all can they do like
1: 20 episodes. They like listening to us, but they don't like talking. I mean, on the Facebook, there was some discussion stuff going yeah, on. Some some good pretty stuff, good stuff but, on yeah, had some
0: stuff on Yeah. They they're like, you know, you guys, you can do 20 episodes. You can do 30 episodes. You know what, guys? You can, you can do a season, but you won't come back. You're gone.
1: It's over. You got nothing else left in the tank, son. But season we, two. We we're back. We're back. And let's, let's hope this isn't like some like janky Disney sequel, because where the, the sequels in Disney always suck more than the, the original. Whack. So the season two for this is going to be lit compared to the first season. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing things my
2: way now. Your way? We did them expeditorially. How you say that word? How we're doing them topically. Ah, yeah.
1: So let's discuss. Let's first real, 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 quick.
2: Yeah, we don't
0: want to waste a whole episode yeah. like giving a progress report, but we'll we'll yeah. touch on it a bit. So,
1: uh, what what do we plan on doing for the second season? Just to give our listeners a heads up. Subjects. Ah, uh, topics. We will
0: not at any point during the season randomly decide to go verse by verse through an entire book of the Bible. Yeah.
1: Not trashing our our read through of John. It was enjoyable. It was. I fun. learned a yeah. lot. Yeah, which it was a very like you said before. Before we started recording, it was a as a way to polish the things that we kind of wanted to yeah. set out to do. For sure. And as and as our analytics show, we lost
0: no listeners by doing that. So I'm not saying uh-huh. it was a bad decision. I'm just saying it was an
2: exhausting decision. Yeah, it, 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 was. it was really good while we were trying to figure out things because it gave us a schedule to follow. I mean, it gave us, what, 21 chapters to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it was and, about. Yes. and so we didn't really have to worry about coming up with an idea to talk while trying to figure out all of our recording equipment and yeah. how we're going to record all the other Because season
0: one was played very fast and loose because, well, we're new to this. Like, the, the recording equipment got uh, got better over time. There were, there were times we had technical difficulties that we just didn't didn't know to look for, and then we kind of just brought subject matter to the, t- to the table on a week-by-week basis until yeah. one day we were like, hey, what if we did a read-through of John, and that just became like the rest of season one. This time we've we've got our subjects figured out, we've got our scheduling figured out, like I just want to say it now in case we forget to say it at the end of the episode, we're going to be releasing episodes on an every other week yeah. basis, like give ourselves more time to study and come, come Quantity
1: quality. Uh, well, quality over quantity. Yeah. Turns out we talk more than we think. The, this that's is true. true yeah so you know we we're talking about lemonade and iced tea either bit heaven or hell or whatever you know if you want to you like iced tea then the, you're, you're going straight to heaven you know who, who cares about justification through you know <laughs> through faith with <we> <laughs> each other we need iced tea that, that, that that's heresy but you know these are these are questions that are just silly you know but uh, today we're going to talk about what is theology why do we do theology and why do we need it yeah why why should
0: the average Christian, give a single crap about theological study because yeah. it is, it, it's not new by any means. I mean, theology has been a thing since well, Theo, Man. like the, the root of the word, Theo. Like the study of religion has been a thing for as long as religion has been a thing. But I think that theological studies are undergoing like kind of a, a renaissance at the moment. Like it's it's a pretty big thing in people our age. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's so important that it not stay like contained within people within our age range you know yeah like so let
1: me for it i want to make a little caveat too is that we are going to try not to use a lot of christianese and a lot of big words uh, if we do which to be honest it's going to be kind of inevitable inevitable that's uh, why we're not going to use big words yes because i can't even speak
2: i'm it, not going to <laughs> yeah
1: because you know he's, he's played golf and he's all golfed out but the thing is though with theology it People think, oh man, I gotta have like a doctorate, you know, I gotta have have an MDiv, you know, a master's in divinity to understand theology. But the thing is, with with theology, the definition for theology is the study of the nature of God and religious beliefs. And so this, like you said before, it's shallow enough for a kid to play in, but deep enough to drown a whale. And the cool thing about
0: theology, and I'll get more into this as we like get into the meat of the episode because it's what I have to to bring to the episode personally. Like theology really saved my belief in a way like it, it brought a new passion to fall in Christ that like not only did I not have before I didn't know that that passion could exist before like just studying God's word and what it means like in between the lines is something that I find genuinely fun and I think it's just it, it's fun to do and I can't fathom anyone not finding it fun so I, I personally am very passionate about just getting the word out there like hey look theology it's really stinking cool. It's not just for, like, the, the learned elite. Like, the layman can get into it as well. Like, I, I'll i assure you, dear listener, I have absolutely zero professional experience in studying uh, theological concepts, but it is just the very definition of fun to me.
1: Yeah. So I, before we kind of get into more of the discussional part of, like, what why do we need theology and discussing it and, like, how can we make it practical, I kind of want to just real quick break down some of the four elements. Like, if you did, let's just say... Uh, We decided to go to a seminary, to a college, and discuss and study and and get our Master's in Divinity and study theology. So there are four basic types of theology that you can study. So the first one is like biblical studies, which is like hermeneutics. And this is where I think that as Christians that we need to understand in principle of
0: how we read scripture. And hermeneutics like means biblical study. Yes. Right. Yes. Well,
1: uh, well, okay. You can use hermeneutics with like Plato and other historical, uh, religious studies. It's just the process that you read them. Okay. I just want to make sure when you do throw those big words out, they are clearly defined. So these two words, I want to, I want to say that I think that the church, and this is where it also becomes practical that we flip flop and we use uh, very loosely. So one of the first two, uh, the first term I would like to pro- point out, the battle between esegesis and exegesis, big words. And when the first time I ever heard those, you know, years ago, I thought exegesis, Jesus, well, I mean, we got exegesis oh. out, like Xmas yeah. type deal thing. But no, like, so esegesis is the interpretation of scripture by placing personal bias and modern social understandings within a text. So it's like reading, uh uh, it's like reading. Who was it? Was it uh, Joshua when they had a battle, and he prayed for he prayed to God, let the sun stand yeah, still. Yeah. So our twenty first century minds would say, okay, so the sun stood still. You know, this is scientific proof. But yet, exegesis exegesis is the interpretation of scripture by recognizing what the author meant, placing your placing yourself in the shoes of the author, and the period's social, political, and scientific scientific context. So if you read that Joshua told asked God for let the sun stand still, does do we know the solar system that the sun does stand still that we revolved. So technically the earth stood still. And so we got to understand that that's what he was talking about and like let's not use 21st century knowledge in a 1st century or historical setting
0: now to break that down for the extreme layman such as myself because personally like those words scare even me like the, the for one as a jesus is just spelled weird like that's that's the kind of word that i'd fail at spelling beyond um that's essentially the biblical equivalent to feels versus reals in which case as a jesus is feels like oh it means this because i feel like it should mean that where exegesis yeah. is yeah, yeah, yeah. reals like this is reality get over it
1: <laughs> so yeah that's like uh, i've heard. A bit, uh, if it feels good, it must be right. yeah you know but that's not always the case. And another you know way context, context, context. know the context. So that's the first branch of studying scripture. This, the third the second one is systematic theology and this is more if you're black and white like this is what these terms mean like uh, Christo- uh, Christology, the study of Christ, uh, sotology, uh, the study of salvation. Uh, eschatology, study of end times ecclesiology, study of the church so I mean there's different, there's ten different categories of systematic theology of like atonement like what are these, what does it's it's more of a black and white study one of the most
0: important things that I think is to keep in mind because personally, just just a little bit from my kind of personal testimony to be honest Uh, My introduction to theological studies was the book that I have sitting in front of me right now, Classical Arminianism, by F. Leroy Fourlines, which is about the driest piece of literature you could ever read, but I enjoyed it, (laughs) and it really set my baseline for entertainment uh, down, so, like, everything excites me since then, so that's cool. Um, But one thing I've learned throughout uh, theological study is these words that, like, mean absolutely nothing to the average listener, like... Don't get scared off by like like what you were yeah. saying, soteriology, uh, martiology, eschatology, ecclesiology. Like these are all huge words, but you don't have to like know those words to learn what they mean. Because to be honest, you probably know a lot about, yeah. here, let, let's see uh, angelology. I mean, that one's kind of easy coming, angelology, but whatever. Let's go to ecclesiology, the study of the church. If you've read Paul's letters, you've already studied part of that. Like a lot of what theology is, is a bunch of smart people putting multi-syllabic words describe things that everyone else is already studying so they can sound smarter in bars.
1: Yeah. See, I'm a big fan of the, the hermeneutical side. Like, I, I like, I, I want to know exactly what was the author talking yeah. about. Yeah, the
0: advantage of these is you can really put some laser focus yeah. on what exactly you want to study. That's a lot of the yeah. benefit of it. And,
1: and so so those are the kind of the first two branches, I think, that are really kind of like, and I, I was kind of, I was listening to somebody talk about uh, studying theology, going to school for it. And to be honest, I'm not. I, I probably won't go to a seminary, uh, and that's just my personal. I would like to, and to go to get some biblical studies. But then, do you want to learn and study the characteristics of God because you have to get a good grade, or do you want to do it because you want to know and understand the characteristics of God? So there's like a, a discussion too of like, does a Christian need to go to seminary? Does a preacher need to go to seminary to be a pastor? Do do we need to do have a higher education? I think Christians they need to have the pursuit of to wanting to learn about God and theology it's the study of God and this is this should never scare us to to want to learn about God at all
0: yeah. I don't suppose you remember what your first like theological tome was that you read like how how did you get into studying theology Tanner
1: the i would say probably my first one i've got this book in front of me too is probably cs lewis and mere christianity oh, yeah. mere yeah. christianity is probably one of the first books and I, and i recommend that every christian Read it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a quality read. Yeah, and uh, um, J.C. Ryle, the book on holiness, is another fantastic book. I don't have it with me, but, uh, but I, I, I got a list of like, you know, N.T. Wright, C.S. Lewis, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, John Stott, John Lennox, and William Lane Craig are probably my top ones that have influenced me dramatically in reading their, um, their works. So that's another branch of uh, theology, is church history. So, you know, I'm not a smart guy at all. I mean, we can tell that by the way that I speak. But I think church history is a way that we can go back and look at Paul. We can look at Athanasius. We can look at St. Augustine and look at what do they say about Christ on the cross? What do they say about sin? So it's like you're getting other people's. Opinions and views on certain things. Okay, okay. so they saw this in Scripture. Maybe I can get something out of it. So there's nothing wrong with reading other people's works and old books and and see other theologians or philosophers, Christian philosophers, and stuff like that. So I think it's good to look at church history. And I think uh, Dr. Jeffrey Arney, he says that this historical engagement gives us an opportunity to study theology in our own context and communities in light of what has come before us. So, I mean, just think about it. Jesus was a theologian in the sense that he spoke of Jonah. So he, we can look at Jesus and we can look at the early church and like that's, you know, church history right there. So I think it's important to that we, we should take some of these other uh, Christians uh, in the past and learn from them.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, studying theology is a great way uh, to worship Christ because I think— me personally, when, I, when I'm when i reading theology, like obviously I'm not reading the works of uh, Four Lines and be like, oh, this man, this man's word is law. Yeah. No, the words that he's putting on paper are the result of a intense study of God's word. Like th- studying theological books by definition is worshiping God, in my opinion, uh, within reason. I mean, if you're reading some heretical nonsense, that's a whole other thing altogether. Um but the fact that God's Word is able to spawn so much research and so much just um, fervent praise of what's in that book to, like, foster all these different theories and discussions and stuff, like, I mean, that's worship, if you ask me. Like, having fun talking about yeah. what God's Word can mean, like, that that's, that's worship.
1: Yeah. As Christians, we want to know Christ, right? I mean, we purposefully ask him to come and to live within us and to use us as a vessel but we have to know him rightly to know him intimately and so as 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 it comes to studying theology i think that when once you get into the realm of like becoming a christian yes the question is let me ask you all this is christ enough yes i mean that's a yes or no question (laughs) yes is Christ enough? Yes. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a foundational answer of like, yes, Christ is enough. But do we, why do we need theology? What's the purpose of studying God's characteristics? And so once you start asking the questions of like the simple stuff, like is Christ enough? Once you ask the first one, why is Christ enough? You've already dived into theology. You've already took your first step out of the kiddie pool or into the kiddie pool, and said, why do we need Christ? Why, why is Christ enough? I mean, we've already dived into it.
0: Yep. And just before we go any further, I want to make sure Mason doesn't get left out on this uh, on this question. Do you remember like how you got into theological study, like what your first book was?
2: I wouldn't say necessarily a book, because I'm one of those that, Commentaries are good, but I try to stay away from them where I can, except for where, like where I just want another opinion, I guess, because that's really what a commentary yeah. is—an is opinion. Yeah. And so, like, if there's something that I'm kind of like specifically looking for, I'll go to one. I mean, I've probably got four or five different ones. So, I mean, I'll—I I can name you one. I know one's McGee, one's
1: yeah, um, Adrian Rogers. I, I know you. I don't think him. I have Rogers. I you think know? I have a
2: couple. Of C.S. Lewis of like. uh The hymns and the proverb stuff. So, like, like if I'm looking at something in hymns, I'll go to that or something like that. But as far as what really got me into it is all the stories that I remembered as a kid wanting to know actually what happened. Because, you know, you get taught about, oh, um, David and Goliath. You get told about, like, all of these things. Jumping in and like David coming in with a sling and killing the bear and the lion. And then all of a sudden he kills this big giant. And I, I kind of diving into like what really happened. I, I can remember early in uh, not Sunday school, VBS, seeing posters of like these armies of bones. And I was like, what is this? And turns out like it's a dream. Or whatever. Yeah. The, 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 Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Was it Ezekiel yeah, and yeah. the dry bones? Yeah. So, like, all these things that I had images of or, it's like, small memories of uh, Jonah. Like, I like I went back and done a lot on Jonah. Like, I've preached a lot of sermons over Jonah. And Jonah's actually a pretty small, like, it's a really small book. It's just four chapters, I think. Like, is there, and it's a really good book, though. You find out a lot about one person and how much, you know, Jonah actually wasn't really too much of a good guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, Jonah, we talk about, like, Jonah, we... we we make such a kid stories, but some of these things are not kid stories because we find out Jonah's a daggum racist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and one of the things that like studying in theology, and and, and learning more about this, because there's a there's a term that is that floats around within the, the theological realm called uh, moralistic therapeutic deism, which basically moralistic is you know morals good and bad, uh therapeutic you know make yourself feel good, and deism is that God is basically separate, and is not in intervene with man like David and Goliath is one of the ones that I think we've placed that like what's the main story that you think that you hear about David and Goliath is that you're David and Goliath is your giants and with God's help and the stones you can fling that stone and with God's help you can destroy that giant but if you actually look at what scripture is about it's an unfold like the Bible itself is an unfolding story of Christ redeeming the world you need to look and I think this is one thing one revelation that God has showed me that the best way to study Scripture is try to look for Christ in everywhere. Everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, mm-hmm. look for Christ. And the story of David is one of the newest ones for me that was like, oh my goodness, I never realized that because I always assumed, oh, this is just a you know, feel good and with God I can destroy my giant. But you see a story of a young boy coming out of a, of a, of a nation, coming out of Israel and the, the, of scaredy cats, basically, Hiding in a fear of a big giant, a fearsome enemy. And who is the biggest enemy of humanity that we cannot defeat and we are terrified of? Death, hell in the grave. And so you see this picture of a, you know, harmless man defeating the greatest enemy, undefeatable. Who is that man? Christ and so not only—this is not a story of making me feel good. We even put ourselves in David's shoes. I'm David. No, Christ is David. Christ is the one that defeated the giant. And so I think this is where we get this this misinterpretation of Scripture that bad theology will place us in the centerfold instead of placing God in the centerfold. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, I kind of want to hit
2: on this one more time, too, because I think it, it's boy. really big. Well, it, it, I don't want to stick on David too long, but like— grown david as the king a lot of people especially when i was uh, a lot of people taught or maybe it's just like my specific memories like i said like a lot of this is probably from i'm like six seven eight nine so a little bit younger and you always get taught like david is and what god said a man after god's own heart Mm -hmm. and like while i'm not going to try to take that away but if you actually read second samuel a lot about david later on in his life you'll see that david really didn't do a lot of things that were good david actually messed up a lot David was not like kind of like Jonah, except not as bad as Jonah, I wouldn't say. I mean, Jonah' still done what God said after refusing and then pouting and then crying and then wishing he was dead, and all these other things. But David, I mean, as out here, if we just bring up the one story about Sheba, how many terrible decisions was happened in that one event? Like how many bad decisions in a row David made? Mm-hmm. Like, and he just kept going and kept going and kept going. And so like it's things like that, like people that I have memories of. Uh, like, just the memories from when I was a kid, like not hearing, you know, on a weekly basis, like, you know, like Jesus. I mean, it's kind of obvious. I think we know who Jesus was, or, you know, John and Peter and things like that. But it's kind of people like David, which I remember some stuff about, but, like, I don't feel like I know everything about them to, for them to be as popular as they are. Um, there's some more people I would like to go back to, uh, like, actually in Genesis. I'd like to go back into Genesis uh, and see more about, like, Cain and Abel and more about um, people right before Noah and kind of right after Noah, kind of like things that happen in there. Because I know there's people that's brought up in there. A big one is kind of like what you said, Ezekiel is one of those. um, My big ones I really want to go into right now is Elijah, Elisha, uh,
0: Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Fun fact with the, the story of Cain and Abel. When God is asking Cain about, like, hey, where, where's your brother? If you more directly translate that from the, uh, from the original Hebrew, uh, their initial exchange translates almost directly to uh, God asking, where is the sheep keeper? And Cain replying, am I the brother keeper? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> like, he legitimately <laughs> sasses back to God. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's where the mark came from. Yeah. Um, For spanking. What I love—
0: about like theo- theology practical theology theological study is i can see like the fire in y'all's eyes as you're talking about these uh, little niches within theology that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. because we all have those areas that we're really big on. Like for me, it's, it's the Elohim. Like I've gone on that rant a million times and I won't waste time right now because we'll have plenty of time in season two for me to talk about that if need be. Um, And Mason, I I never knew that you uh, had that passion about like who, who is David really? Like what, how can I get into the weeds on that? And I, and I like that that's uh, something you can be passionate about and Tanner, you've got your areas as well. Like this is how you put theology into action. You find these areas that you're passionate about, and, like, that's your witness. Like, I grew up, and I'm not saying that there's anything with, like, the, the Roman's Road or, like, any of the tried-and-true ways to, to witness to somebody. But growing up as a kid, like, I was, I was operating under this understanding that, like... There are these certain verses in the book of Romans that you just you regurgitate to someone, and like that's gonna magically bring them over to to wanna learn more about Christ. But mm-hmm. I wasn't biblically equipped to like answer follow up questions, or heaven forbid, if they decide to like attack my my personal beliefs. Like I, I don't have much of a structure to stand on because I was brought up on regurgitating these verses. And again, nothing wrong with like verse memorization. That's an entirely different subject. But like for me personally, that just doesn't translate well to me going out and trying to be the marketing division for Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: What well, I don't think the Bible and biblical studies and theology should, it should not be ammunition against someone. You shouldn't be, yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't yeah. say, oh, you're a fornicator, so let me flip over my Bible, which, I mean, there's places to do that. I mean, I think there is a place, you know, uh, uh, if I see a brother falling, I need to help them. It's like, listen, this is not what the word says. But yet you do not use, need to use theology as ammunition and as bullet points to take someone down you know i mean what does jesus say you know uh don't worry about the splinter in your brother's eye when you got a beam in your own so i mean i think there's there's a place for that but theology is it needs it's a self-evaluation of what you believe and like and
0: what excites you about what you believe.
1: yeah And, and that's one thing about studying studying god is that like uh jesus says in matthew chapter 5 you know blessed are those that thirst after righteousness thirst after god for they shall be fulfilled and like studying about god and his characteristics that excites me yeah. and, and it, yeah and a good
0: step one to being able to talk about your faith to others is figure out what you're passionate about within your faith like i mean everyone's gonna have like different things that they prefer to talk about more than others i mean for instance if you put me in a room with somebody and you're like hey Matthew, you're, you need to talk to that person and, like, find some common ground. What's the first thing I'm going to do? Um, you ever listen to metal? <laughs> like, like, I'm going to have Not, my yeah. passions that I'm going to, like, break the ice with. So similarly with uh, witnessing to others, find something within Scripture, within theological study. Because keep in mind, theological study is scriptural studies. Yeah. And figure out what, what really lights your fire, what gets you passionate, what can you start a conversation with a wall about? Because if you can— I, I can talk about Elohim with stinking anyone because the advantage of theological study is your average nonbeliever has no stinking clue what that is. Like you have like the general comebacks. People like, oh, I, I bet that you're a, a creationist and the evolution isn't something you believe. Like you have the, the cookie-cutter responses that you can get from people that are just sick and tired of people trying to sick the Roman's road on them uh, because that that's something that's been uh, done over and over. And I, again, I know it sounds like I'm ripping on it. Swear I'm not, but I'm talking about like equipping people to go out in the mission field and talk about God's word with others. When you come out of left field and be like, hey, man, you ever heard of Elohim? Most people have not. And that's going to bring a little bit of curiosity. They might be like, you know, I'm not really about church, but tell me more. Well, I mean that's one opening. thing. That's
1: one thing with like we got to be careful too with theology and like we said Christianese well, we won't use them but yet theology I think is a Christianese term that some people don't don't know about. Yeah. But I mean that's where tactics come into play and this stuff where does let me ask you all this question where does personal study by yourself which is good versus group biblical study? Because you look through through church history, too, because most of the time, I mean, in early church, it was discussed. The biblical things were discussed. And then you look at uh, uh, like the, the this instance with the, the Reformation. It's like the reason why the Catholic Church—why we had a Reformation with Martin Luther um, is because the Catholic Church only had it through the Vulgate. And you had to know Latin to know and to, to trust the, 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 the priest to speak the truth. And Martin Luther was like— uh, this like, needs to be dispersed.
0: Like the average person, straight up wasn't allowed to read yes. the Bible.
1: So, I mean, it's it's it, 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 I think it's good. I think the one way we can grow from learning about God's word and these questions that arise. I mean, that's what theology brings forward: hard questions. Why is God? Where is God? What is God? Christ on the cross, who are we in this whole landscape of life? You know, wh- where is this landscape that we are in? These hard questions that I think all of humanity has. And the the personal study is good, and I think we are blessed to have personal study now. But I think where we truly glisten is through group as well, group discussion, because guess what? My view of this portion of Scripture might be a little bit different than what you say. So let's talk about it. And this is where Paul, he encourages it in, uh, um, so Romans chapter 14 verse 19, it says, so then let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. And I think this is what we can come with different uh, views and stuff like that and ideas that w- that God shows us in Scripture and discuss about it. Let's, it's not just bicker, like you, you have classic Arminianism. One of the biggest debates right now within the church is Arminius versus Calvinist, and I think this is, we got to, I mean, it's, I think we should discuss this, but Calvinist, come at me, bro. Yeah, come on. Uh, But I mean, I don't think we should say, oh, this is a faith deciding factor. And the theology, theology does not create faith. Let me get that, but it can lead to something greater. I think it helps expand our faith. It helps supplement our faith when we feel just down and out, you know, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and I might not sin against God. And it helps us enhance our faith. Theology is very important. Very important.
0: Yeah. And I know I've already touched on this, but like I really just can't stress this enough because this this again is the story of how like I personally just got reignited in terms of my faith, like back a little after high school. And I credit my enthusiasm now for reading God's Word to this. This is just super important to me. But I just I envision a world in which God's people are are so on fire about studying God's Word that they're actively like just just cutting up in public about it Because it's like before we hit record, we were kind of going back and forth about some theological stuff. And, like, me and Mason, we we like to butt heads a lot on, like, the concept of of what hell is. And, I mean, that's a discussion for another day in terms of having an episode over it. But, like, we can just crack up and and take pot shots at each other all day over it. And, like, we have fun doing that, talking about these deep subjects that encourages us both to study not only for ourselves but to have conversation with each other about our differing opinions on that. And since these are—and since— Subjects like that are getting into the weeds of what, what Scripture really says. Like this is an area where it's safe to like really go out of left field and be like, "Hey, what if this verse means this?" Like this isn't stuff that my salvation yeah. hinges on, but it's something I can get passionate about and talk about.
1: Well, and, and I think this is where I th- that a lot of uh, theologians and people that are passionate about studying Scripture uh, they go astray. And I think one yeah, there th- is a danger there. Yeah, well, theology can become an idol almost as yeah. well. Uh, but one of the dangers I think that we need to make sure is that if we start getting heated or if like there's a theological debate and like there's anger and resentment and animosity towards someone, go back to Christ. If there's a disagreement, go back to Christ. Because I, I posted this on the on the Facebook page, I think, uh, that I disagree with. Ken Ham is the, the dude up in Kentucky. He's an Australian guy that did the Creation Museum and uh, the Ark up there and stuff like that, which is, I mean, it's a – Uh, interesting exhibit but he made the comment that creation is our foundation of our faith Hmm. like hold up hold up hold up no i disagree with that because christ needs to be the foundation not only is christ the foundation but he is the cornerstone of our faith
0: didn't he get wrecked by bill nye once upon a time yes
1: that that was a debate years ago (laughs) and that was a discussion so let let me let's talk about this is going to be a future episode too but like is the earth six thousand years old or is it six billion years old that's a discussion. What do, do, in, in, in all, we can have a discussion about that, but in, in all big scheme of things, does it matter? As long as you believe that God could have done it in six literal days, yeah. then let's go back to Christ. He's the focus. Let's go back to God.
0: Yeah, He's I mean, the focus. Because my personal thing is I like to have fun with theology. Like, let's see just how weird we can get. Because, I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that. Because it's like, well, within reason, obviously. It's like with the, the creation theory. Who's to say that God didn't make... Uh, the heavens and the earth within seven days, 6,000 years ago, but he made the earth already 8 billion years old. <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that only God could pull off. That's the kind of outside the box thinking that like, Hey, what who's to say it didn't happen? Like those are the kind of conversations that catch people off guard. But like, hold up, wait, that's an opinion that exists. Like, daggone right. Now let's talk about Jesus.
1: So let's, I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis. in, like I said, my, my foundational theological book that got me kind of interested in uh, mere Christianity. He says that everyone reads, I hope I hope people everyone everyone reads everyone hears things discussed consequently if you do not listen to theology that will not mean that you have no ideas about God it will mean that you have a lot of wrong ones bad muddled up out of date ideas and so I think that we need to we hear all these things and talk about God and we hear all these things of like discussion about where do we come from uh discussion of like the the horrible character of hell in in the media, you know, devil's got a pitchfork and he's ruling hell like a, like a, you know, president or whatever, you know, and so all these, these muddled up ideas. And I think that we need to go to God and go to scripture and actually do it justice. Cause there's a good example. It says, you know, there's three blind men that come across the elephant. You got one at the trunk and says, Hmm, this is a snake. You got one at the tail said, Oh, this is a broom. And you got one at the feet. It's like, Oh, this is a trunk of a tree. They're looking at a question. They're looking at a hard answer, but because they're not stepping back and looking at what God says—a roadmap, a, a bigger landscape of things—they get it wrong. And I think that a lot of times that we look at Scripture, in my view, instead of what is really being said, it's not—it's it's bad theology. It's—it's it's studying Scripture wrongly.
0: Yeah, and that goes back to what you were saying about like theology becoming an idol. Obviously, there there are limits. Like uh, we're talking. Theology, like, as it being a good thing, because theology is a good thing, but Mm -hmm. all good things in moderation. Because at the end of the day, we're reading what other people wrote about God's Word. We're not reading God's Word. You have to be consistently going back to God's Word. Don't rely on the words of man to tell you what the words of God mean. Like, a little bit of help... Nothing wrong with that, because two heads are better than one. Like, there's plenty of, uh, there's foundational basis within Scripture of, like, getting around like-minded believers and learning about God. Like, that that's what a sermon is. Yeah. That's what biblical study groups in Sunday school is. Like, that's what theological study is. But don't let that be your sole study. Go back to God's Word. Yeah,
1: theology can't save you, but it can lead you to the one that can. Yeah, And I think that's important that we must we must realize it when you're studying Scripture. So, these, these so we, we talk about theology and stuff like that, so... Why do we need to th- all these questions, these hard questions that arise? Where is God? What is God? Who is Christ in and, and the big picture schemes? Why the cross? And why did he die for me? You know, why do we need to think upon these things? Like, why, what's the purpose? So this goes back to what Paul says. You know, you're, you're on the teat and you're drinking milk. You know, you're you're a actually got
0: the, that, that pulled up. So let's, yeah, let's go ahead and read that. Yeah, because we kind of paraphrase that a lot. We did a lot in season one. So let's actually like read it out loud. Uh, it comes from... Oh, goodness, what book am I in? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I think it's verses 1 through 6, uh, says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you... Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? And I'll go ahead and stop there at verse three. But that just being like a reference to like spiritual maturity, not staying in that infancy, like moving on from the uh, from that spiritual milk to the meat, getting into really getting into the weeds and challenging yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one thing that really interests me because I mean I like milk. So I mean we still drink milk. I mean that's good in calcium and that's good healthy for us. And that's something that we did as a child, either by formula or some form of supplement in that in that sense. But you cannot survive 100%. as an adult just on strictly that. And so this is what Paul is saying, and I think this is interesting. So this goes back, you know, it's is Christ enough? Yes. But if we want to know Christ, I think we gotta ask some of these hard questions and we needed to dive into these questions, dive into theology. And this is where, you know, keep on thinking on these things, not to change, uh, our minds, but yet to solidify what is right. You know, Christ is right. But so let's study about Christ so that we know. So let's uh, like an example. I uh, I mean, you love your girlfriend. Congratulations, by the way, because since I think you you, did you have a girlfriend in the last season? Yeah. Yeah. You did, did we? Oh, okay. come on. Come on. Tanner, keep up. We all have relationships. So if you truly love her, are you not going to learn all that you can about her? Let's say someone asks you, so how, how tall is she? And you're like, "Wow, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know how tall I am. What are you talking about? Well,
1: it's like, okay, what color is her hair? Well, I don't know about that either. What color is her eyes? You know, tell me about her. What kind of personality traits does she have? Well, I'm not sure. Us as Christians need to have an intimate relationship, need to know more about God like that. If someone asks ask you about Christ, it's like, what's the purpose of the cross? What's the purpose of you know atonement? I think atonement theories are an interesting thing, talking about the cross and atonement. What about that? What about creation? What about uh, the, the, the 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 verse in Leviticus about tattoos? I mean, that's one thing people like getting talk, talking about. What does that say? You, if you truly love Christ, you need to know all that you can about him. And the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation is about Christ, the story of Christ. So I think we should dive deep into it. Maybe we should have this discussion before we're going through John, <laughs> because that's basically what we did, Just hey, dive deep into season theology Season one was us
0: just figuring out what we were doing in the first yeah. place. We talk about a theological study being like a supplement uh, to Scripture rather than a replacement, which, I mean, nothing is a replacement for Scripture. So let's get back into Scripture uh, for just a second. I think Mason has some text from uh, Second Timothy to bring up.
2: Yeah, chapter 3, uh, 16, 17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God And is profitable for doctrine For reproof, for correction For instruction in righteousness That the man of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work um, So yeah, Paul is pretty much telling Timothy And I mean, if you didn't know A little fun fact about the Bible This is actually the last letter Paul writes mm-hmm. 2 Timothy And um, Probably one of my favorite things is in the Timothys, but you find here that Paul is telling Timothy, um, and if I'm not mistaken, that if that's not the last chapter, it's the second from last. It's a very, very short book, Second Timothy is. It is the second from last chapter. So one of the last things Paul is ever gonna tell somebody is learn all you can. Learn who Christ is. Learn who the man that you are giving your life to is, and why, why are you doing this? Why is it so important that you learn who Christ is? And I mean as for Like me and Tanner Like us being preachers and stuff Like that's essential mm-hmm. For us To know what we're talking about <laughs> I mean if we're going to get up In front of a congregation uh, On on Sunday morning Sunday night Or Wednesday night or You know whatever it is And Matthew being a teacher uh, Here at church You know we gotta You gotta know what you're talking about Because if you don't know What you're talking about Then why are you One why are you even here Two Why are you trying to tell others About things that you don't even know that, to me, that's why studying theology is so important, because if you can't tell people what you don't know, what you or what you really don't think, then you really need to back up and kind of figure out, one, what do I think? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I th- and w- that's an important reason for why we do this. Like, why we do this podcast is we kind of want to dive into some subjects. Like, yeah. some of these topics we're going to talk about this season are things that, I mean, one, that we find fascinating, or two, just things that are topics that, we kind of want to f- learn more about they're, ourselves
1: that are relevant are yeah
2: they're relevant today and we want to know more about them so I, it, to me it's very important just like uh, especially then that's probably just me just being like the preacher in me and i mean it's always been kind of drilled in me at the same time but i mean i really do believe that i mean because it's the same way in school and stuff because like i'm in college and everything like you got to know what you're going to do on these tests or otherwise you're going to bomb them and yeah you're, you're going to fail it's kind of the same way. The, uh, theologically, you know, spiritually, if you don't know what you're talking about, you can fail. As, especially as someone
1: like th- that is a preacher or that is a teacher,
2: you're going to fail the those that you're teaching or preaching to.
1: What do you think about what Paul says there to Timothy about that all of Scripture is inspired by God? So, what, what does that mean? Because I mean, one of the things, like if you want to talk about relevancy, is that there is a pro- progressive Christianity is not Christianity in itself because one of their core tenets and their core doctrine is that. The Scripture, the Holy Bible, is not inspired by God. And hold up a second. Then what are we even talking about this? Because they they say that this is not inspired by God at all. So what does that even mean by being inspired, that that Scripture is inspired by God? Because if we're reading Scripture, this is God speaking through men to us or to to the people in this time and then we we uh, can use that for our spiritual needs it's what's what's that phrase it's not written to us but is is uh, it's written for us so i mean that's what scripture is so god it it's written for us but it's written to these people we got to understand that context but it's inspired by god so what does that what does that even mean technically cuz i mean that's that's part of theology
0: what that means to me is that and I mean, this sounds obvious, I feel, but just to get it out there, that all Scripture is relevant. Like, there is no part of Scripture that isn't to be taken seriously. And when I say seriously, I don't mean, like, literally, like being a literalist of, like, looking at everything in the the Bible literally, because, one, good luck reading Revelation, but uh, (laughs) when it comes to seeing that All of Scripture is inspired by God. That means that you don't get to leave the stuff that that offends you out. You don't get to leave the stuff that you don't understand out. You don't get to leave the stuff that you don't feel is relevant to you at this point in your life out. Like, it's all relevant. It's all necessary for study. And it's all necessary to get an idea of who this god is that you're worshiping like the like the lineages in, in the old testament guess what those have a function well i mean they're in the new testament too but lineages in general that that's stuff that a lot of people their eyes glaze over and i get it it's it's a dry read unless you're reading it with the specific purchase purchase purpose of figuring out what those lineages are for but they have value historical mm-hmm. value it's like in numbers when they're just a literal numbering of of people like it's a glorified census but guess what It's necessary. It's important. It has a function within God's word. There is no part of the Bible that isn't necessary to read. So I think that that kind of, it it causes the Christian to not have a cop out on like this area of the Bible. It's just, it's tough for me. So I'm just, I'm going to leave that part of the Bible out. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you don't, you don't get that luxury. God gave you his entire word for a purpose. It's all important.
1: And as well, like, I I think that it can be a daunting task when you say, oh, "I want to study theology, I want to study Scripture, I'm going to do the best that I can to study the Scripture that I can." I mean, that's terrifying. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of books. You know, 66 books, and you've got, I don't know how many thousands of words, tens of thousands of words, and stuff like that. But like, that's terrifying. So and this is one thing like we we we've had uh, with C.S. Lewis and you know John Stott and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and stuff like that. It's it's okay to go to these dudes to help you guide through this. It's okay to go to your pastors. Okay to go to fellow Christians. Like okay, what did you say out of this? I don't understand what this is saying. Uh, what, what does Jesus mean here? What did Moses mean here? What does this say actually? And it's it, it's a discussional thing that I think that is that God has designed and I think God has inspired men to to write this that it will influence so that we can learn about God. Hence. Theology, the study of the characteristics of God. And so, this is what, this is the Bible that we, that God has given us.
0: A big value of theological study, and I don't want to beat a dead horse too much because we've already uh, touched on this a little bit, but just to kind of expand on a previous point, uh, the real word, the real world application of uh, theological study is you get to tackle real modern world issues. Like, it's hard to read the Bible and figure out what that means for you today in the year 2021. It's difficult like that. I mean, that's one of the chief reasons that that we go to church so we can hear someone who is well well versed in uh, allowing God to speak through him through God's word Mm -hmm. to to give you some uh, modern application like not everyone has that spiritual gift I would I would go so far as to say like we all have the ability to study God's word but maybe some people are going to uh, find it a little easier to figure out okay what what does this mean for the modern person what can the modern person get out of the book of Ruth out of out of Revelation out of uh, the synoptic gospels like not everyone is going to come naturally to that so a big benefit of theological study, like those big $10 words that we were chucking out at the beginning of this that uh, angelology, biblical theology, Christology, ecclesiology like these are good ways to like dive into just uber specific um, parts of biblical study and figure out what does this mean for me? What does this mean today? How do I take this and apply it to the modern world? How can I take the Bible and truly live out its lessons Mm -hmm. throughout life? It gives a lot of help in that.
1: Like uh, uh like, how do you pronounce that? I can the harma, harma, harmer.
0: I said harmarchiology, but I probably, that's probably butchering it. Yeah. But that's well, all I got for
1: you. <laughs> th- it's the study of sin, you know, and we see that. But yet one of the biggest questions that humans have been trying, philosophers and theologians have been trying to answer for a long time, is the problem of pain, the problem of difficulty and trial. Why, why do we suffer? And that's part of that study. And I think, you know, theology helps us guide us. It, it It's not the answer per se, but it, it is the map to guide us to an answer, which is inspired yeah. by God.
0: Yeah. And to kind of put a bow on things, I guess, the um, parting thoughts from me, at least, I feel like some people that they're listening to this episode might be thinking, okay, it, it, it's cool that these three dudes, they're, they're passionate about theological study. It, it sounds like something that, that I could benefit from in my Christian walk. But let's say uh, that this hypothetical person that's listening is like, I'm, I'm 57 years old and I've, I've never, uh, gotten into, into theological study. And I've been, I've been a Christian since I was uh, 14 years old and I, I feel that my relationship with God is just fine for one. Yeah. Your, your relationship with God. I mean, if, if you're passionate about, about God, like cool, like you're good. Absolutely. But I would encourage you to add uh, theological study to your Christian repertoire, um, and I would like to challenge you with a question that I, that I want you, Tanner Mason, to, to answer and get kind of a, a, a finishing discussion off on this. What does a Christian walk without theological study look like? We've talked about all the, all the benefits that studying uh, theology can, can bring to a Christian walk, but how can
2: not studying theology harm a Christian walk? Well, if I may just throw back in 2 Timothy, the last verse, <laughs> um, that the man of God may be complete by studying the Word. So I'm saying, I, Paul's pretty much saying, you're going to be incomplete. And I would agree with that. Because, and, and here's why I, Here's why I want to say that, because a lot of people will say, like, oh, I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to pray. I don't need to go to church to be a good Christian. To be a good one, that's where I'm going to argue. To be a Christian, sure, I might let you get by with that. But to be a good one You're going to need to be complete. And Mm -hmm. what does that that mean? It means you need to be filled. And how do you get filled? You get filled by spending time with God, by praying, by reading. Uh, How do you also get filled? Well, spending time with other people. Well, Paul also writes in other places, and we should probably go find this. I probably could do that after I finish this. But iron sharpens iron. Like people are going to sharpen each other. The countenance of man sharpens each other. So believers are going to boost each other, hopefully, if they're doing the right things in Christ. Doing it correctly, yeah. Yeah, if they're having correct fellowship and study and all that other stuff, they're going to encourage, kind of like us three do, we encourage each other and kind of push our boundaries. I know you guys are always time pushing me for the right notes. We'll get there eventually. Maybe. <laughs> we might get there eventually. I mean, you said it as if I've got to figure it figure out. Maybe season three. <laughs> but for someone who just says, like, I don't need to do all that, sure, you don't need to, but if you want to be good, complete, as Paul says, intimate with Christ. Yes, if you want to be the best you can be, you're going to have to put in a whole lot yeah. more effort
1: than sitting at home watching TV <laughs> preachers. Now, and I I, I I totally agree with that. I and mean, there's nothing really I could add add to that per se. I mean, uh, Peter he makes mention is like you know the, the things of God. We sh- we're not called to become holy, and that's the thing with like theology and studying scripture. I mean like Mormonism and stuff like that. You can Become God and different beliefs. You can become God. You are God per se. You are your own God. But Christ has not called us to become holy, but be holy. And the only way that we can be holy and act holy and, and be righteous is to understand what that means. And, and that is. Oh, sorry. And that's to understand the characteristics of God and the attributes of God by studying him. And that's through scripture correctly
2: peer reviews okay here's where my lack of studying scripture comes <laughs> into play maybe paul quotes it but it's actually originally in proverbs twenty seven. that's what i
1: thought i was like that that's gotta be pro that sounds, that sounds like a proverb i feel me. like i've
2: read it in one of his letters to the churches well, but, i'm sure he quotes and, it. And, I'm, and, and i mean as we've talked about all the time last season the bible references itself a lot so i'm sure paul probably does quote it but i've pulled it up first in proverbs 27 As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So let me
1: ask this question. Name me some bad theology that has impacted culture.
0: I'm sure that we'll tackle this concept in a future episode, subject-wise, but you hear a lot of um, biblical-sounding sayings that aren't actually biblical, Uh, and one that I hear quite a bit is, God helps those who help themselves.
2: Spice. No, you hear some spice.
0: Oh, here's some spice. That that, <laughs> quote, that quote's from the Quran, not the Bible.
2: Here's some spice. Y'all are gonna know exactly. Y'all are remember this? I've told you this before. I've actually sent you these TikToks where I, gotta, I originally got to get myself
0: room to stand up and walk around and yell.
2: Spice. Jesus died for nothing if we don't sin a little bit.
1: Ooh, oh, ooh, gross! <laughs>
2: I just vomited in my oh, mouth no. just a little bit. Bad theology. There you go. <laughs> See, <laughs> I was... got I got a sin to make Jesus die for nothing. You know? Yeah. If we don't sin a little bit, Jesus died for nothing. Oh, goodness. smells like heresy. I
1: mean, mean, that's just – that's basically someone trying to justify their sin. That's that's what that is. But let's go to – I know these are funny catchphrases that we're going to get onto, but let's talk about, like, racism. I mean, the Mormon church has placed uh, in the past – I mean, they've changed their beliefs because it's pertinent with society and culture. But they said – correct me if I'm wrong, but the mark of – Cain, is it your black?
0: Correct? No, the, uh, I believe it's the, the Curse of Ham.
1: Oh, is it the Curse of Ham?
0: Or crap, am I just getting that mixed up with racist Christians?
1: Because I know way. the Curse of Ham is the thing. <laughs> either, way, either way, it's like, uh, you know, you can only be white if you're a Christian. And this is uh, like the nationalistic yeah. Christian movement yeah, with believe, the KKK and
0: stuff. No, is that uh, black people are fallen angels. That, I, I can't that, remember. But
1: the, but they, they view scripture in a way that is only elected to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which that's that's the beauty of God's word. Like when you take these false religions uh, that operate off of texts that aren't from God's word, like, like Mormonism, you get these flawed thoughts that come out of like a man that, that thinks that they themselves are holy.
1: So let's point out this. If you're studying theology correctly, you should be able to point those out mm. like that. Mm. And so this is where I think it's important as a Christian. and It needs to be practical, because once we study these things, we can point out the falsities and the liars straight out. And like, this is not true. This is not true.
0: Yeah. And to answer the, the question that I posed to both y'all myself, like what you're missing out on when you don't study uh, theological concepts, get, it, get into the weeds, really challenge yourself. There's a lot that you're missing that you don't know you're missing. Yeah, Like, it. I've lost count of how many times just having theological discussion with you guys and, and reading uh, theological books by people that just are unquestionably smarter than me in a lot of areas. People who have spent their entire lives researching this weird random chapter in Genesis. Like, people that really just dig in and devote time and brain yeah. cells that I couldn't possibly imagine of de- uh, devoting to certain areas of study. And just, I learned so much that I never would have figured out on my own.
1: So let me give to our listener-elect. Listeners-elect. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we,
0: we, we talked about this earlier. But. We, have, we have an election. Uh, election is a, a theological concept that we're, we're now applying to our listenership. If you're listening to us, it's because God foreordained that you're going to listen to us. <laughs> you are the listener-elect. Congratulations. For, that's
1: for you, our Calvinist listeners there. You get the VIP
0: room in heaven. We're going to
1: get, get some Armenian uh, hate letters <laughs> coming in. <laughs> You freely chose to write this.
0: I'll fight the Calvinists
1: and the Arminists. <laughs> so, but let's, let's talk about how can we make this, how can we help our listeners study theology without really going way over their head? So I think one of the basic tools that you can use, you've learned and you've already know in grade school. So let's say John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Who, what, when, where, why? ask those questions about a, a certain uh, a certain verse. Ask those questions like, who's doing the saving? Who is doing the dying? who And what is happening? When is this? What's going to happen? Who, why, when, where, what? You know, it's the simple and questions. And how. You know, that's that's important too. Hmm. That's important too. But one, uh, this is one tool that I think was, I heard this from a, another podcast. I was like, oh, I'm to use that. But it's called the ransom tool. And the first thing you knew is, read it second thing a ask and this is where the questions who what when where why and how n note take notes about these things s summarize what that text is talking about o obey what that text says and then m meditate think about what does that what does that mean how can i apply this to my life think about chew on chew on the the cud as as
0: Absolutely, no one says.
1: I say I chew on the cud. That's another
0: biblical reference. That, that doesn't bring good images to my mind.
1: <laughs> hey, there's some there's some theological standings on a chow a chow a cow on chewing the cud. Some good stuff. That I don't
0: know. Just when someone describes that, like my, the first thought that comes to mind is, man, I want to be like that, like that. I don't know. Am I alone here, Mason? Weigh in. Be the tiebreaker.
1: Regurgitate. You don't. You don't
0: like that. Uh... I already know he's on my side.
1: <laughs> Are you regurgitating right now?
0: Yeah, I'm about to. <laughs> I'm about to.
1: <sighs>
0: no, but that's that. That's kind of a theology. I, I hesitate to even call it 101 because, again, we're we're laymen here. We're not professionals. We established that well out through a. Uh, through season one of cross-training. But season two, we're excited to, to get into some deeper topics, though. We're, we're yeah. not only going to challenge the listener, but we're going to challenge ourselves, talk about some topics that might be uncomfortable. It, it's going to get interesting. But yep. I think we have the advantage of, for one, we, we all love each other. We, we understand that we have theological and ideological differences, and, and we really play off those. And I think that we're going to be able to, to really get into the weeds uh, in a lot of modern-day issues. And, hey, maybe we'll look at faith and practice through a biblical lens. So, the th- so basically theology was in our greeting the whole time, the yeah. intro the whole time, huh? Yeah, the theology was the friends we made along the, along the way. But uh, this, this has been episode one of season two, two weeks from now. What do you say we uh, we talk about some not so biblical biblical catchphrases? Ayo. This has been cross training. Tanner, give us some magic words.
2: Deuces. Oh man. <laughs> new word, new season.